Hey, welcome back. Hey, guys. Hey. Welcome back. Thanks. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God, you motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) I have been (laughs) deceived with evil trickery yet again. Um, (laughs) Hello and welcome back. We're the Tough Cut Podcast, and I'm Matthew. I'm Alex. I'm Jake, but I took a bite of candy because Halloween weekend, baby. Halloween weekend. We are at our most powerful, um, at least I am. I think God, I, am. I love this time of year. This and like Flag Day, I feel like, you know. Yeah, you do <laughs> masked up. That's what they call it. I masked up, full mass. Yeah. No no yep. more half mass. I'm not surrendering. <laughs> not today. And this is episode 83 Part two wow. of our childhood fears bracket coming at you in today's episode. We've got War of the Worlds. Oh, we got him that time. We got him. That time. <laughs> we got him. We got him. Uh, versus Coraline and Killer Clowns from Outer Space versus Scooby Doo Zombie Island, which again, audience, if you remember back to our Scooby Doo bracket, basically one year ago. I said Zombie Island was too scary for most of you, so that is true. Proceed with caution. Yeah, it's a scary movie. Mm -hmm. With that said, what else do we say at the top? Oh, yeah, you should. Fuck, spoiler warning. Uh, (laughs) We'll be spoiling all the movies that he mentioned. And I guess, you know, Matthew already spoiled that it's too scary. So sorry if you guys thought this wasn't going to be a scary episode, but it's pretty scary. So yeah, I guess I could explain the bracket. Um, These are uh, movies that scared us as children and maybe also scare us now. Um, Anyway, shall we jump into it? Alex, you want to go ahead and introduce... Coraline? Yeah. Coraline, directed by Henry Selleck, released in 2009. Young girl named Coraline, voiced by Dakota Fanning, discovers a secret door in her new house, and her parents don't pay attention to her, and she gets to go explore this other world where new parents are a lot of fun and pay attention to her and give her food. And it's like, wow. <laughs> and then her mom's a spider, and that or, or her fake mom's a spider, and that's no good. Uh, and then she goes home. A lot of nuance there in that in that plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that really gets, super gets it. Uh, everything important, I bet. Um, so this was one of the only movies when I was picking my stuff that I like really thought of as, oh, this was a movie that definitely scared me as a kid, mm. mostly because it was so scary that I never saw it. Mm. I didn't see this movie until college. Wait, we, the first time I watched this movie was when the three of us watched it together in uh, that animation class. Holy shit. Huh. Huh. Yeah. That's crazy. Huh. Yet yeah, again, that we carry the tough cut tradition of pitching a movie we've never seen before. No, no. Until later on. I've seen it now. It's, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think it's he didn't a great see movie. it as a child. He, was, he didn't no, see it as a child. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's technically, but no, I, I mean, it's still a scary film. And it was just enough. scary enough. I had no interest in seeing it. My mom was like, this movie's going to scare you. We're not going to go see it. And it was just never talked about. Honestly, kind of lame of your mom. (laughs) My parents were like, look, you guys don't like scary movies. I'm not going to take you to go watch movies that seem scary. Damn. Uh, And so I just never watched scary movies growing up. 
Mama Alex, Matthew didn't mean it, okay? <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Matthew did not mean I, that I shit. do not think they're lame. They're lovely people. They, yeah, they just did you. something really lame, you know? So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. One lame action against a whole lifetime of cool? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, so but yeah, what, what, uh, Jake, what do you think of this movie? I got two things to say. One, I love, love Coraline. I actually, so my memory of it was the book uh neil gaiman yeah uh obviously and we would and you know i was a military kid so we moved around a lot and we would drive across country in this like big van our whole family and oftentimes even when i was a little kid i didn't sleep either uh famously and it would just be me and my dad during like the late nights uh awake and he'd be driving obviously because i was like a kid um and <laughs> i'd be me like the back with my little like nightlight like kind of a uh, clip on the book so i could like get it shined on it shown yeah, on it i sorry. remember those yeah um and that book i scared myself really really bad reading that book in the middle <laughs> of like the night in like the middle of nowhere too because we were i think it was between the drive from kansas to california because i remember i saw Coraline the movie on the military base i lived in in california and uh, it just, it, it spooked me. And then seeing the movie actually like realized all of a sudden I was still a kid when I saw the movie, but I had a moment where I was transported back into being even a younger kid in that very, sus- like very specific in the middle of nowhere in a car. It's dark. No one's saying a word and I'm reading scary things. And I, you know, with the buttons, you know, with the spider imagery, obviously for me and like, it's, it just, it's the right amount of, of creepy. But uh, my second thing that I have to say, and I know I'm taking some time, but uh, this is basically a shout out for Henry Selleck and go see Wendell in the Wild that's on Netflix now. He got like ousted by the the Knight brothers uh, for his studio, Leica. Um, and you, you know, like a studio, you know, Coraline, Kubo and the Two Strings, you know, Paranorman, great studio for stop motion. Uh, they just did some shifty things. Uh, to their founder and really one of their key animators and Henry Selleck. And he's finally back into filmmaking and he got a movie out on Netflix that they're not really promoting. So go, go see that. I'm sure it's really great. <laughs> it sounds super cool. It sounds super I, cool. I'm, Jordan yeah, Peele and Keegan Michael Key. What the hell? They play uh, two demons. Are two demons is the lead. Like it, this, it's Henry Selleck. So the stop motion's fucking great. You know, it's like, go, go watch that movie. Uh, that's my shout out. And I'm sure it will be a spooky, fun time. But Matthew, what do you think? So I love this movie so, so much. It is an easy nine, maybe even like 10 out of 10 movie for me. I've loved this movie since I was a kid. It's something myself and my younger sister actually bond over. We used to trade the DVD back and forth because we'd each rewatch it like once a year. I think it is just such a special film that is so beautiful can transport you to the boat to multiple places like Mm -hmm. this dreary and lonesome um little house in the middle of nowhere with its weird old occupants and also to the other world of that exact place as well it's just a really really special thing yeah and on top of that i like the original novel neil gaiman is one of my favorite authors so good um So, so good and my father read Coraline to myself and my sister after we, you know, watched the movie, whatever, several years in a row. Um, and I did not know it was Neil Gaiman until like mm. 10 years later. Wow. And I was like, oh, my God, 
Yeah. It all like all the pieces yeah, start coming together. Two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it is so so special to me. Um, never scared myself nor my sister, but my little brother was pretty afraid of it. But I understand very much how it could scare a child. Um, and mm-hmm. I think there, there's one of my favorite anecdotes regarding this is um, <laughs> in writing the novel. Neil Gaiman's editor, I believe, was like, look, this is too scary. You, you have to like, yeah, prove yeah. that this <laughs> is not going to scare children so badly. So he's like, OK, I'm going to read it to my daughter and see if you know, <laughs> she can handle it. And reportedly many years later, or she she said, no, like, no, dad, it's not too scary. Like, you can finish the book. Let's let's like publish it, whatever. And then many, uh, many years later, reportedly, she said that she was terrified of it as a kid. <laughs> and the the only reason she said she wasn't afraid is because she wanted to know how it ends. So uh, uh, kind of similar to man. what we talked about with Pan's Lab- Labyrinth, this idea Very of cool. how it can pull a child into it. Mm-hmm. And like they're going to be along for the ride because they want to see it. Through. Yeah. Even though like, you're where scared. Yeah, you want to see where this world's going to take you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's a really, really special story and movie. God, and that's just one of the reasons why I love like horror or like fear as like a like a thing because it's not all the time supposed to be just scary. Like it's not it's scary. I hate it. It's mm. it's scary, and I'm so interested what's gonna happen next, and you know, seeing it through. Like you know, again, famously, I don't like spiders and all that stuff. But even as a kid reading it and watching the movie. I wasn't like scared running away. I hate this movie, whatever. I was like, I, oh God, what's going to happen? You know? And that's like a really powerful and effective way to be spooked as a little kid. But we got another movie to talk about. So let's pitch that one. Yeah, I'll go ahead and introduce War of the Worlds. This is the 2005 version directed by Steven Spielberg. And as you know, audience, normally I love to read like a articulate and, um, well-written synopsis, but in this case it's one of those times where the the google synopsis uh just it focuses in on a particular angle that I i'm so scared <laughs> wow i can't uh, wait i'm so excited dock worker ray farrier struggles to build a positive relationship with his two children <laughs> rachel and robbie when his ex-wife marianne drops them off at farrier's house It seems as though it'll just be another tension-filled weekend. However, when electromagnetic pulses of lightning strike the area, the strange events turn out to be the beginning of an alien invasion, and Farrier must now protect his children as they seek refuge. Oh my god, wow. Wow. You did this thing when you read it where you paused, like, just a little bit in the beginning. It's like, oh, and his ex-wife... And then you stopped. I was like, there is no way that that is the whole thing. (laughs) There is no way that that is the synopsis. Like, that is so funny. That's Uh, great. I just I love that this synopsis is like of two worlds. It's like man and his ex-wife. And then it's like terrifying alien invasion. That's (laughs) Um, that's definitely how they pitch that shit. Yeah. So childhood fears. Audience, if you haven't already noticed, the other two that I pitched as I talked about them are kind of like circuitous fears. Like Harry Potter, it was Good like word. the troll scene in particular. With Saw 2, it was the SpongeBob saw that like <laughs> reformatted my brain as a child. <laughs> this movie stands out. This is the only film in my entire life that I ever left the theater. Whoa. As a very, very terrified young child. That was, I have no idea how I ended up at the theater. I, I would have been like, I don't know, six or seven years wow. old or something. Wow. Somewhere in like the six to nine range. Yeah. And 
I have such visceral memories of that first scene when the tripod comes from the ground and just begins disintegrating people that I like I I I just like left the theater and stood like in the hallway of the movie theater oh. or like went in like in the bathroom and for like months had thoughts of what I would do if tripods came and attacked my home. Oh, poor little um, seven-year-old Matthew. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So of all the horrible, terrifying, like true to uh, like God horror movies that I saw through my childhood, it's a it's an alien invasion disaster movie that got that me. gets you. Whoa, wow. The yeah. EDF does didn't deploy. Otherwise, you would have. No. Been. No, I, I needed the EDF in that moment. Get the Earth Defense Force out here. They would take them. If anyone got that reference, uh, shout out to you. <laughs> yeah, Only a, true gamers got that one. Um, yeah, so <laughs> with that said, Jake, what, what did you what'd you think of this one? <laughs> two, two things. Again, I just love doing two things. Uh, one, I, 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 at first when you pitched this, I was like, why he pitched this movie? That wasn't scary. Like, you know, I don't remember. Like, Tom Cruise is kind of scary. I get that. <laughs> but, like, but, like, you know, off camera, not on camera, usually. True, true. No, I remember I, I was so confused by what you were saying, and I, I sat down and was watching this movie for the podcast, and the sound is what got me. It was oh. that sound, sa- when the sound, when the aliens come... And I just immediately was again transported. I was like, yeah, no, I do not like that. <laughs> do not like that at all. But then this really unfortunate thing happened. And this is what leads to uh, my second point. Unfortunately, my memory of this movie was a little swayed because for some stupid reason, I thought that this movie was the scary, one of the scary movies because uh, they did a parody of this. They did a parody of it in one of the scary movies, and I completed the plots for the longest time, and I just realized it, and all I could think of was scary movie, where, like, uh, he's, like, son, like, uh, you know, he, uh, Robbie, whatever, is like, the kid is, like, going off, he's like, I'm gonna become a soldier, like, do it. Uh, and there's a scene in the scary movie where he goes and does that, but like he's like, "All right, you're gonna go do it." So it immediately keeps getting bodied, like a missile hits him, and then an alien smacks him <laughs> in the face, and then and I'm just sitting there like, "Why wasn't that happening?" And then <laughs> 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 and I just was like, "Oh, that's really unfortunate that this like really serious alien invasion movie." Uh, in my head is melded uh, to brain mush to uh, <laughs> a scary movie. Uh, yeah, which. Yep. <laughs> so sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> no, no, that's fine. That's very funny. Uh, what What about you, Alex? What's any unfortunate associations? Uh, not really. Um, for me, the scariest part in this movie is the people. Right? Like, I think the alien moments are intense, but to me, they were never scary. Like, I guess. Okay, I should say this was the first time I ever saw this movie. So, mm. like. I didn't have the crippling fear of like, oh my God, what if this is real and aliens are actually here and they're actually going to invade and kill us? Mm-hmm. Which like, of course, could be real. I believe in aliens. If by the uh, time you're reading this brave. podcast, we have alien or, or if you're listening to this podcast and if we have alien overlords, sorry, guys. Um, we <laughs> yeah, that's wrong. my bad. That's on us. That's that's on me. But I just my main thing. Did you guys when you first watched this movie and maybe you don't remember when Tom Cruise and Dakota Fanning run right after Robbie runs off to war and they like go live in that guy's basement. Did anyone else think that guy was going to try and eat them? Um, 
my fear, because my fear in these kind of movies and in like post-apocalypse kind of things mm-hmm. and like it's always that the people are the villains. And so I was like, uh. oh, this guy is gonna, this guy's gonna like, he's gonna, he's like a doomsday prepper. He's like got a cellar in his basement. He's gonna lure them in. Some and then 10 Cloverfield Lane shit. He's gonna yeah, try literally. and like <laughs> chop their heads off and then eat them. Mm-hmm. That's only one small part of the movie, but that is uh, the thing that I took away uh, from it. So yeah, instead, uh, yeah. Tom Cruise just fucking kills that guy. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he's uh, yeah, because he's the scariest part of the movie. It's Tom Cruise existing <laughs> as Tom Cruise. Whatever it takes to save his kids. Yeah, yeah, that's fair because the people are scary. You know, people. Yeah, yeah. You know, those one people. They, they get it's almost like guy, car, we are. The one guy has gone. One guy steals car. Yeah, it's true. It's pretty crazy. There's a cop. That's pretty scary. Yeah. True. True. That's objectively and don't terrifying. think we didn't see your little fucking argument about Harry Potter, you goddamn nerds. Um, <laughs> are you calling out the people on our TikTok page? Uh, uh, it, it, it escalated. It, it, there's now people on both sides. <laughs> well, really it, there's more? There's more? Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah. We've started controversy. Some, I need try, a, trying yeah. to say ACAB applies to Harry Potter, too. And other people are like, well, this person, they wouldn't use Muggle as a slur. And they're like, that dude literally like studies non-wizards like, academically. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know <laughs> enough about this universe to participate. <laughs> you should throw in uh, just like, you should respond to just one comment. Just one, one of it be like, no, nah, you're wrong. And then just like, again, like, yeah, go silent, go silent. Anyway, um, with that, that's how the tough cut does social media. True, baby. With that said, tackling, comparing these movies. I think there's an obvious place to start. Okay. Dakota Fanon is in both of them. D- yes. Yeah. No. Okay. You threw me for a loop because whenever you're like, little Dakota Fanning was running, running with Tom Cruise. And I'm like, did I? Do I have I never seen Coraline before? Is that like, did I? <laughs> what's happening? No, yeah, she's she's in both. That's pretty fucking wild. Yeah, yeah. and very different characters. Very different. Um, yeah. What what do you what do you guys make of, um, you know, Coraline Jones um, versus Rachel Ferrier? I mean, you know, Coraline's like, whooping that ass. If we're talking about a fight. But oh hell yeah! Whoa, I <laughs> oh sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to pin pin them against each other like that. Sorry, that's that's on me. <laughs> if we're putting them in the ring on this size, weighing sixty five pounds with blue hair. <laughs> okay, so here's the interesting thing though, because I don't think Rachel Ferrier survives Coraline. I also don't think Coraline survives War of the Worlds. I think I actually I could see that. I feel like Coraline's a little too confrontational. Yeah, she's too curious, too confrontational. God, but I and love her. Rachel is too codependent. Oh god, yeah. she annoyed to me. Survive I, I the War of the Worlds was one of those movies where I was watching. I was like, man. If an apocalypse happens, I really hope I don't have kids because. <laughs> oh my God. Catch Jake abandoning those kids. Yes, this hell. If you are below a certain age and you are unhelpful and you see me in the apocalypse, you better run. You better. <laughs> Whoa, you're just like going to intentionally like, start shooting kids. <laughs> That, I don't know, man. I just like Jake is like, screw my purpose in this apocalypse being like helping my children to survive and sacrificing everything for my kids. I'm going to make it out. 
Yeah, I, I I don't want to be fucking Joel from The Last of Us. Like I don't I don't I don't need that. That's fair. I don't want to be the, okay. Look, you in The Walking Dead, this. Rick Andrew Lincoln <laughs> has to deal with fucking Carl and fucking he. There's that scene, that famous scene that's memed. The his wife and Carl's mom dies right in childbirth. Sorry, spoilers if you haven't fucking seen The Walking wow. Dead. Wait, this actually is wild that you just spoiled Walking Dead. I feel like this one was kind of out of nowhere, and this is like a real spoiler. Okay. She gets bodied, all right? It's the apocalypse. Um, And Andrew Lincoln is acting his ass off. He's just like, Carl, oh no, Carl, oh, she's dead. And you just look at that scene, and that kid's just fucking standing there, useless. He's just looking on, dead-eyed. It's just, I would, I, Rick slash Andrew Lincoln's a stronger man than I, because if I... <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of untended to baggage about children inside your brain. <laughs> Maybe like, I don't know. Like we're gonna have to unpack that at a later yeah, date. Sorry, I blacked out for a second. What are we talking about, um, Coraline? Yeah, I, I just have zero frame of reference for The Walking Dead, so I'm like, yeah, you agree. Yeah, I, you could just tell me. <laughs> yeah, you agree. yeah, absolutely. The tough cuties um, agree with me, and that's all that matters. You know, that is true. That is all that matters. So. Well, another another point of comparison between these films, both came out in a post 9-11 world. <laughs> However, I think only one of them utilizes post 9-11 <laughs> rhetoric. <laughs> um, yeah, talk about it. The fact that unironically Robbie espouses like we got to hit them back kind of yep. things about the aliens. Yeah. That, like, I'm not off base, right? Like, that's no. like 100%. Oh, and that wasn't even right. scripted. That was just that. <laughs> he, he was just affected really deeply. That guy wasn't an actor. Yeah. <laughs> he just showed up on set and he thought it was real. And he was like, this is what we got to do. Yeah. Which is just kind of wild. Especially when you consider, I guess this is now turning into like a real genuine thought. Yeah. Um, consider like the, the original novel yeah. and its own historic context. Um, and how that kind of like slots into colonialism, imperialism, mm-hmm. and how this one also similarly maybe is responding to some current events of the time. What do you mean? Um, <laughs> Post 9-11 world. You know, uh, line. Yeah, yeah. Um, when Matthew was yeah, watching is, this I, movie, because he takes notes during his movies, he just like his eyes widened when Robbie started saying some like 9-11 shit. And he just wrote like 9-11 and circled it. <laughs> like a hundred times on a notepad <laughs> so excited yeah it's wild to me being an adult watching more of the worlds and yeah. being like it's so fucking convenient that that whole family survives no problem like yeah. robbie like that's a the huge war. that is such a huge sign of the times that we're living in though right now i feel like i mean like mm. yeah i'm sure we would have thought that or watching it in the early aughts too but like I feel like we're so used to just like shitty tragedy in everyday life now. Mm. Yeah, it feels odd. It's kind of interesting because like, everyone just makes it. I mean, you say yeah. that and then you're like, yeah, no, Coraline's logic holds up. Uh, <laughs> 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 you're saying kind of odd that family did that shit. But then like Coraline's whole family lives through that mirror dimension shit. And you're just like, that's true. They don't get eaten by the bell dam. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Can we can we say I gotta just bring it up. Yeah. That motherfucker named her son YB, short for Why Born, short for Why Were You Born. That's fucked up. Mm. That's 
scary. That's pretty scary. <laughs> That's like yeah. Always, always sat weird with me. I'm like that poor, that poor lad, that yeah, poor that, weirdo. That's awful. Yeah, I there there is certainly some kind of dark tale wrapped inside of YB's existence. I also think it's one of the smartest things that the film version adds to the story mm-hmm. because YB plays an albeit fairly minor role in the overall plot. Yeah. But provides one like I don't like grounding isn't quite the right word, but like having another person, Coraline's own age to kind of bounce off of, I think really helps. Yeah, definitely. Well, because there's something like, you know, special about her being isolated as a kid and, you know, whatever dumb, dumb adults and stuff, but also having like a kid her age there. That's also like, yeah, like you said, part of it, because she also has a whole thing where she misses her friend. She just moved and all that. Yeah. And having someone who is a peer and then thinking she knows what she wants out of friendship and all that stuff. And then, you know, the fucking other YB being so shut and all that. I couldn't can't talk like it's also like super effectively scary. Like that's a scary thing to she realized the whole time that her wishes probably weren't like what she wanted, but like seeing like yeah. a, a person like be directly affected, not just like her and her like, yeah, her own like selfish, whatever, or an inner turmoil, but literally a human being be a, like that's a peer that's her age. Like that's it's a really scary. nice way to, yeah. to display it that like sometimes the things you wish for, you know, may have complications beyond your understanding yeah i i feel like similarly go ahead you know um you know tom cruise (laughs) wished you know to get closer with his kids so he wished for like a fun road trip right Mm -hmm. right Uh, and in where the world's that really backfired Mm -hmm. because then they lost the car (laughs) (laughs) and honestly you know that moment you lose your car bad times Yeah. yeah in the apocalypse yeah so, okay, we're talking about childhood fears real quick. Like, this has to be the last thing because we got to vote here soon. Like, yeah, we're getting yeah. there. We're getting there. As a child watching these movies, how how you feeling? What What's like, you, you are a little child, but also kids around you. What do you think is right. the more effective scare? What do you think is the more like? So here's where I come into it. Same as last week. I'm also thinking about okay, well, was this movie targeted at children? Was this Who was this movie made mm-hmm. for? War of the Worlds is definitely a more mature Like for movie. Scientologists, like the, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they had some real budget behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, like, I, I think, yeah, there are probably some, like, middle schoolers and high schoolers who, like, went to see War of the Worlds, but I think it largely was targeted at adults. Yeah. Right? Coraline, for sure, was targeted at children. And I think, Matt... War of the Worlds clearly had a very strong effect on you. You said it yourself. You don't know why you were in that theater or how you ended up there, right? Like, it was, it's almost weird to conceive that you went and saw that movie at seven years old, right? Yeah, I, I, it was probably like my grandfather brought like all of my older cousins and just by nature of that, I I, like, I, I think that that's probably roughly what happened. Like, I should not have been there, realistically. You actually got transported by aliens. It was a field test. (laughs) It was a warning. (laughs) Yeah, it was a warning. Actually, this movie doesn't exist, Matthew. This is just all a test to see, you know, (laughs) what's going on. They they were doing a screen test on potential invasion (laughs) tactics, and they saw that this one is not a good idea. Yeah, because they don't want to be scary. Too scary. (laughs) Too intense. We need to insidiously infiltrate their society by wearing their skin. Because if we go in, if we go in like whole hog, 
then we're going to die from little bacteria things. Mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. we go insidious, if we go inside the people, steer their skin, mm-hmm. we got protective shield from the bacteria. Yep, that's true. Yeah, in terms of myself, like, I don't know, I knew lots of other kids that saw Coraline. Mm. I knew plenty of kids that were scared of Coraline. We didn't really, like, chat about War of the Worlds in the circles <laughs> I ran in. That's kind of weird, dude. <laughs> no one wanted to speak about uh, that. I think you're the only one. That. That's, like, really weird. You must have had a weird, like, living situation. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. You um, would think that living out there. I did read the book in middle school, so we talked about it then. But uh-huh. we mostly, the most... <laughs> Very dumb anecdote. The thing I remember most about that, like, book group, novel, whatever, Mm -hmm. reading group at uh, school when we read War of the Worlds was um, someone told the story of a guy who attempted to rob a gas station dressed as Gumby. (laughs) And he, like, couldn't get his gun because the Gumby outfit had, like block yeah, hands that's very um, funny. and he just like sadly leaves the gas station that is very very wow. funny so that's the thing that really stuck with me not any of the like intellectual discourse about uh <laughs> the novel yeah, it's pretty intellectual what you were saying just then <laughs> yeah thank you the gumby sounds yeah. pretty intellectual uh yeah, and really on that is. matthew is that your vote um yeah so i think in in terms of my vote it, this is the childhood fears bracket and unfortunately no matter how good of a movie I think Coraline is, War of the Worlds in particular left such a scar on me yeah. to be the only film I ever walked out of that I've, I've got to throw it at least a bone. Yeah. So I'm going to vote for War of the Worlds. Can't, I think that's fair. I can't believe it's going to I think... For me... I'm I'm voting for Coraline. You know, I think War of the Worlds is scary, but I think as a child... I don't know that the like alien stuff would have scared me as much. And I think the social stuff would have gone over my head. Your parents wouldn't let you fucking see Coraline, but you're thinking maybe they would have brought me to war of the fucking <laughs> they, they would have been they like, wouldn't he have. wouldn't understand the nuance oh, okay, okay. of human they condition. Have, <laughs> <laughs> Some of us just grow up to study philosophy. Right. Yeah. And others of us are communications. majors. <laughs> don't try to get my vote. <laughs> No, I actually think that was something that I was going to bring up in my vote. I am going to vote for Coraline mostly because I have that strong connection to being scared what? in the yeah, <laughs> being scared in the car with the story, and then having it be ad- adapted so like well and also effective, and also bring me back is like really really cool. But yeah, I also think as a kid, and I did see War of the War- Worlds when it came out, like as a wee lad. Yeah, I don't think I would have been as scared at, for the reasons the movie wants me to be scared. Hmm. Because I was a little boy. So I guess Coraline's moving on, baby. Yeah. Wow. With that, Coraline advances. Uh, we've got one more matchup in today's episode. I'm so excited uh, for this. Yes. Jake, <laughs> would you like to go ahead and introduce Killer Clowns from Outer Space? Yeah. <laughs> it's going to go off the dome here. Uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, baby. 1988 film directed by Steven uh, Chiodo. This is <laughs> This is a cool classic horror movie. About uh, this small town, uh, and you know it, it's it's Halloween. I'm pretty sure it's Halloween, and <laughs> um, all of a sudden, clown, clowns land in the middle of this small town, and they start bodying this town and collecting them. And they're literally killer clowns from outer space. And, you know, we have a small ragtag group of teens, uh, and you know, ex lover cop shenanigans to try to stop them. Um, look, man, this movie, total fever dream to little Jake. 
there was a portion of Little Jake time where, you know, I just started watching weird shit on like the sci-fi channel or like the scary channels because I would stay home and want to watch movies and I would watch the scary shit for some reason. I just like became fascinated. And this one scared me really, really bad. This one I remember as a kid, especially the scene that really got me as a kid was uh, where the little girl's looking outside at the clown uh, and just Mm. back and forth and him just waving at her. It was like the first time I fully understood like stranger danger shit. And the clowns are pretty like, you know, genuinely and really grotesque. I had a really insane fear of clowns because um, from the the TV movie It, Tim Curry's It, uh, it scared me, so I watched this after that. It really, really, I just had nightmares about these killer clowns, and they're really scary. And I know now because I've watched it obviously many times uh, since. This movie's hilarious. This movie's like really, really <laughs> funny. And there was there's something amazing about that, and why I especially wanted to pitch it in this bracket because I really wanted to pitch a movie where I definitely know I was a hundred percent scared of it as a kid. And now I know I'm 100% not scared of it now. And just that kind of like embodying a childhood fear and then turning as an adult and rewatching it and kind of learning from your fears and what you're afraid of. And then it turns into something silly and funny. I think this is like the perfect movie for that. And it is a cult horror for like this reason. And it's really like great. Um, I just fucking love this movie. And I know a point there was if I told that to little Jake watching it for the first time. I would not have, like, I, he would not believe me. <laughs> Little did you know, Jake, when you watched this growing up, it was actually because some stranger walked up to you and was like, this is my favorite movie. Right. <laughs> yeah, so I, I just fucking love this movie. Uh, Alex, actually, you know what, Matthew, you go first, because I think you might have seen it before, and I don't think Alex yes. seen this before, and I'm really, I want to save <laughs> what he thinks about it uh, for the last one. So Matthew, please. Yeah, so this is, as you correctly guessed, not my first time seeing this movie. Um, I think it's so much fun. It's so dumb in basically all the right ways. <laughs> like, it, it's, it is still, I think, technically a horror comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it leans more to the, the comedy side than the horror side for the most part. Because even, like, like the kills are over the top and goofy. The, the like, asshole terrible cop is... Yeah. <laughs> another movie a cab yeah. um it's just like so funny to be like the whole town's conspiring against me <laughs> um it's just like such a good bit like everything about this it's so much fun and it was a lot of re- a lot of fun to revisit i think when i was a little bit older and like i feel like really try and um tackle a few more of the jokes that it, like maybe had gone over my head at age like 13 when i saw it for the first time yeah i had a lot of fun and quite topical, Jake, actually, you pitched this because if I'm not mistaken, a couple months ago, they announced there's going to be a Killer Clowns from Outer Space game. Yeah, insane and what? really, really, really fun. Like you get to. Yeah, it, it seems like a really, really cool time. It's, it's been a, in development it's an hell for a multiplayer while. game. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming out next year, though. Yeah. That's wild. It, um, oh, you God. play as the clowns or as people and try not to get killed by clowns. <laughs> I want to be the baby clown so bad. Put your dukes up. Put them up. <laughs> oh, God. Um, anyway. Wild. Alex. Yeah. <laughs> I have a weird... I have a weird relationship with... Okay. So, I'd never seen this movie before. What? I have seen it now. Um, I really bounce off of the like style that this movie was made in mm. Mm. uh 
in like a the same way that I very much bounced off of can of worms. Like <laughs> I just okay. like this kind of like cheesy like eighties kind of like scary movie, the like over the top mute like something about this style just like super doesn't do it for me mm. uh, in a lot of the same way that like, and you guys are totally going to disagree with me on this and might consider kicking me off the podcast. Oh, can't wait. Um, in the same way that a lot of the goosebumps TV show episodes I bounce off of. So we're currently looking for I a know. new host. Uh, it's a I know, I call I Ash know. up actually. Yeah. <laughs> He seems to really like, like uh, Yeah, let's call Ash up. Can we do actually and a Christopher it, Plummer and just re-edit the episodes? <laughs> it's easier It's easier with Goosebumps because they're so short. <laughs> Yo, um, what the fuck? It's Halloween, <laughs> my guy. Stop it. You're, killing, you're kicking up while we're down. Yeah, I mean, like, I could have a... I had a, a, an okay time watching it, you know? But um, it's just not my vibe. That's uh, fair. I'll say it's not fair. loved the scene where the um the the clown rolls up on those bikers yeah, and then he yes. knocks the guy's head off. Yeah. That good rocked. Um like this movie has good moments. It's just the like acting in it all style, it's so yeah. cheesy in a way that I absolutely hate. Um, oh, that's a shame. Wait, wait. But this movie would have terrified me as a child. Yeah, dude. I think the thing that I don't know and kind of a question that I want to get into is I don't know who this movie is made for <laughs> because because it reminded me so much of Goosebumps and like mm. that kind of stuff. I was like, oh, yeah, this was a movie that was probably made for kids. And then I'm watching wow. and the guy says shit. And the guy's head talk gets knocked off. Having like, sex. They talk about having sex. This was, like, I mean, I don't know. I can get into it if you want. Teams. I know we have another movie on the other side of the bracket. Uh, yeah, we can we can jump in and introduce that really quickly, and then yeah, we I can, can do circle back to that thought. Yeah, I'll circle sure. back. I know, I know what I. Yeah, Alex, if you want to go ahead and introduce Scooby Doo Zombie Island. Scooby Doo Zombie Island released in 1998, a whole decade later, and boy, <laughs> did it make all the difference. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, directed by uh, Kazumi Fukushima, Jim Stentrum, and Hiroshi Aoyama. Um, this is the first of the uh, Stentrum movies. We talked a lot about the Stentrum movies during our Scooby-Doo bracket mm-hmm, because they are them. just so, so good. Love them. Um, I saw this movie once and then never again because it was so, so scary to little old me. Of course, I was going to see it, though, because it's like based in Louisiana and New Orleans. My family's all from New Orleans. Uh, like, I was going to see it. Man, did it terrify me uh scoob and the gang uh break up because they're bored of solving fake mysteries and then they get bored of not doing mysteries and get back together find a real haunted house with real ghosts uh and then there are cat people mm-hmm. is this movie why i don't like cats it could be no uh, matt, i think james you... corden is the reason why you don't <laughs> like cats <laughs> uh matt how about you um as the resident well, the biggest resident Scooby-Doo fan. It's <laughs> a certified Scoob classic. Look, I know I said it, audience. It'll scare your little socks off, but that's because you're a little baby. <laughs> a big boy like me could handle this one since I was wearing little tykes. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um it's so much. It's it's so fun. We we get to see some of our favorites from guest animation from Mook Animation again that did anime Tim Curry. 
in Witch's Ghost. Love it, love it. Love it. Um, It's just really fun. Like, Sinstrom just knows how to make a fucking Scooby-Doo movie, you know? Yeah. Um, And this is just a really good one. Yeah, it's really simple as that. Jake? Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, look, Tough Guy Boys love our Scooby-Doo and put little spooky vibes, like extra spooky vibes with Scooby-Doo. It's all spooky vibes, but like, love it. I mean, I, I think it's a great, great movie. But one thing, I don't think I would, I, I, I wasn't scared of this as a kid. And like, you know, Scooby-Doo never like put fear mm. into my heart. It it, mm. it it made me happy to watch like macabre stuff. Like it was more palatable. Like it, I was like, oh, this shit's fun as hell. Like I, I'm not scared at all. That's Scooby Doober. So that's, that's kind of like, it, it fits. And I totally like, look. I love, I love Alex to death. Totally could see him being scared of this as a kid, you know? <laughs> I, he, his his palette with fear is very different from Matthew and I's. And even though I adore this movie a lot, childhood fears, I don't know. And we could talk about it. Hey, you know what's worth saying? Yeah. This movie was my introduction to Mark Hamill, who voices Snakebite Scruggs. <laughs> That's very worth saying. I fuck, Mark Hamill is a voice actor. One of the best things that we have in life. Like, it's so incredible. Good iconic it's so so good it is good um to circle back alex to to what you were saying about who the fuck they make this movie for killer clowns because <laughs> you're absolutely right <laughs> um because it flopped i mean it wasn't a success uh, a lot of cult horror especially like then like they made like they had silly ideas they put all their budget into one thing aka like the clowns uh because like they do look good in my opinion like visiting back to them like they look oh yeah gross. They look, like, they're scary they look like monsters the, i i like it i like I, I think it's really cool uh and that's kind of their vibe it's silly fun cheap to make and they made it but for some reason throughout the years this one's a really interesting one because it did find an audience like as you know we grew up and all stuff or as people like came back to this so for some reason they came back to this and now it's like <laughs> it is a cool classic like it's now getting a video game like fucking whatever 34 years later like it's yeah it's it's one that really resonates with people now and i think it's looking back on a style of filmmaking that like you don't really see anymore like just like a cheap idea but like still execute like everyone believed in what they're doing in a fun silly time it's like really fun horror to make and like i think it was made for people who just enjoy that kind of um, thing like you know it's hard really nailing what makes a cult classic a cult classic but like that's that's kind of it didn't have an audience at first so like you're absolutely right when you first watch it and if you're one of those people who watch it for the first time you're like who the fuck is this for? <laughs> uh, you're right. It, I don't think it, it, I think it was for them, for the people who made the movie. And then it gains a really great popularity and, and cult following. Yeah. I mean, those clowns looked great. The thing that I, part of why I bounced off this movie and, you know, honestly, maybe we can just skip to voting. We can just like vote now and then have a fun conversation about this movie. Wait, um, well, because, well, like, well, okay. So this movie the 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 thing that I don't uh, what I don't understand <laughs> is that this movie for some reason has this attitude going into it of like all the people in town are like hell yeah clowns are here <laughs> and then they're surprised that the clowns are evil and gonna kill them because okay. like who fucking likes clowns the, no one likes clowns right it, okay 
Uh, thank you, Alex. The <laughs> circus tent in the middle of the woods, and this guy's like, "Hell yeah, dude! Let's <laughs> yeah, check it right? out!" Like what? But that's such like '80s horror. Also, like I feel like now we're like more averse to clowns because of that whole random clown because of this movie. Shit. Because of also this movie, <laughs> this was a cultural cut touchstone, baby. Um, no, yeah, like absolutely right. But it, I think this movie does perfectly does the whole dumb small town thing which is one of my favorite tropes mm. in in a horror movie whatever they do uh, dumb this just down. in jake hates people from small towns if you live somewhere <laughs> with a population <laughs> under thirty thousand people jake's gonna say you have shit taste dumb dumb if they're dumb people in small towns then i like them because they're big dumb dumbs <laughs> jake this just in jake only likes smart small towns <laughs> If yes. your collected IQ is under an average of 120. <laughs> to be fair, it takes a high IQ to understand <laughs> killer clowns from outer space. <laughs> As you have two guys in a ice cream truck that get down bad. Yeah, a couple those, of those ice cream. <laughs> they just wanted to show cloud titties. I think they made two like female clouds, and they just were like, "Guys, we can't waste these costumes. Like, we made them. Like, please, we need please. an excuse <laughs> to use these female clowns." Yeah, uh, really fun. God, which is which is so good. I think they made the whole movie backwards. <laughs> they they knew how they wanted to it. end it. I would. Yeah, they knew it. they wanted to explode a circus tent, and they went from there. <laughs> Also, they die in the end, right? What, all the people? Yeah, because at the end, the stuff lands on them, and that's like the acid stuff. Don't they die? <laughs> oh, the acid pies? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Though it poses, you know, maybe those are just regular pies this time. Yeah, maybe the clowns have some acid pies and some real pies. I just would love to believe that they got bodied. Like, again, something about small town getting wiped out, and then, but also the clowns getting wiped out, and everyone's like... Is this the new what Roanoke? The like, happened what's happening here? <laughs> Modern day Roanoke yeah, is just... such a good bit. <laughs> like, wow. That's so good. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good one, Jake. I like that. Thanks. I like that. Wow, I got praise live on the podcast for Matthew. <laughs> he usually, like, uh, scolds me hey, after this Jake, show. Jake, actually, can you stick around for, like, five, ten minutes? I've got a couple of notes. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um... God, that's so funny. Yeah, but I, I totally agree with you, Alex. It's crazy. Like, the people in this movie are, like, as Jake is hitting on, like, the epitome of the, like, dumb horror movie character trope. And I, I think that is part of what leads me to this movie being more to that side of comedy, is they want to, like, play up some of those elements for some goofy moments and some good laughs, you know? Um, and I think we get a, a pretty good number of those uh, th through the runtime of this movie. Yeah, we're we're also pushing time rapidly. So as that's why I was kind of saying, like, I'm down to vote, and then we just use what time we have left <laughs> to talk about uh, talk about this. Okay, movie. okay, but I, I at least I at least before you do this, I I feel like I feel like you're thinking, you know, you're you're counting the the chickens before they hatch, sort of. Jake, deal. I. I am 100 per I 100% know what movie I am voting for. I'm down to keep talking about these right now, but like I think it'd be more fun to just vote and then continue to talk about them. Alex, that would be an affront to the format. Challenge the format 83 episodes in. Come on, my man. <laughs> they call it jazz for a reason. Hey, we and call it jazz. That was a you like jazz? That was a New Orleans reference because Scooby Doo, Zombie Island, 
takes place it's partly in New, in New Orleans. Partly in New Orleans. Yeah. Did, There's did a this, big catfish. Did this movie genuinely scare you as a as a kid, Alex? Yes, I watched it once and never again. There, I know. I, I actually know quite a few people that were scared of specifically Zombie Island. Mm. So what's what's um, what like? What was the what was the spooky? I mean, it's just like. I think I watched this one when I was really young. Like this came out in 88, like I pro- or 98, like I was one. Uh, <laughs> I was a baby and my brother liked Scooby-Doo. So I probably saw this movie at the oldest, maybe when I was like three or four. So like zombies, skeletons, cat people, pirates, like I was scared of everything that is in this movie. Um, I was scared of quicksand, like literally this movie just like hits all of them. It hits every box for me. So speaking from folks that I know, I think the, the sticking point, at least most people that I'm aware of that are scared of this, it is truly the, the, like the cat people. Mm, because even in the fair. other Sandstrom movies, like the, the phantom virus is trying to destroy them, but like, He's kind of goofy, you know, Yeah, mm-hmm. he's not yeah. that threatening. It's like it's it's this real fear where even in the witch's ghost, like he's trying to get the book to become a powerful warlock. But like and yeah, like, yeah, he was going to do bad stuff, but he hasn't been like actively killing people for like hundreds of years to like sustain himself mm. and like you know like there's something about like the gaunt bodies and stuff too like that really freaked me out as a, out as a kid yeah the, the these i guess those zombies are those are just like i don't know immortal fucking barely alive damn dude shit yeah. sucks yeah like we have we <laughs> there's sucks. literal evidence that the, these cat ladies have killed hundreds of people over the years it's fair and that you know Kill compare the kill count of the killer clowns against the cat ladies. It's looking pretty close. I think they'd mate, to be honest. I think they'd really get down together. Killer cat clown cat 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 from outer New Orleans. This is why they tune into the show. (laughs) This is why. (laughs) Thank you. Premium content. (laughs) This is the type of stuff you can only find for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else that you get podcasts. Are you confused about that silence actually that joke was for our premium listeners if you (laughs) if you put five dollars into an envelope and mail it to p.o box number (laughs) you can catch you you, we'll uh send you a cassette tape with our premium experience you ever want Um, the riffs of the podcast (laughs) that don't make the cut hilarious low-key if um Bo from zombie island in all his fucking beefy glory rolled up i think he'd go toe-to-toe with with baby clown dude <laughs> baby clown like i was rooting for baby clown hardcore man <laughs> so funny baby clown pretty good hell yeah but then they got what clownzilla she's crazy yeah the big the big clown at the end a little wild. He's only in it for like 20 seconds. Yeah. What's the deal with that? I want more big clowns. That's probably because they spend all their money. <laughs> uh, on the Wikipedia page, so this is me quali- qualifying. I don't know enough to know if this is at all true. Oh, my God. But according to the Wikipedia page, the most expensive prop was the popcorn gun. That doesn't surprise wow. me. They popped a lot of popcorn in that one machine where there's just fucking like... 
there's no reason for it. A lot of this is like no reason, <laughs> you know, it's like in a really good way. But the, the yeah, popcorn it, just like in the ship, just going like there's a lot supposedly took it supposedly cost them seven thousand dollars in six weeks to build that prop. Yeah, God, I really like they had to be having so much fun doing this because otherwise, why would you do this? <laughs> like why? Like spending all that time and effort like, oh, God. And they put quite a bit of effort in. So fun. And, you know, it, it is very strange that killer clowns i feel like ha- is having that resurgence of all things yeah. in like 2018 plus basically because yeah. i think that's when like oh actually that i think that coincides with someone bought the rights to it around that yeah point. and, and like when universal uh, universal the did house. the halloween horror nights kept bringing it back up to the to the yeah. zeitgeist which jake and i saw and it was pretty cool i loved that i loved that house if you ever get a chance to do halloween horror nights anyone here because uh, killer clowns is one of their frequents they do it uh, often as a repeat maze shout out do that one it's very fun yeah it's pretty it was pretty sick I, I i feel like comparing these films is very difficult <laughs> <laughs> i like and yeah. well on the bright side we're really really getting there on time yeah uh, so that's true we, we could just we not. could vote. We could vote. <laughs> I've been saying we should vote from the beginning on this one. Guys. <laughs> All right, then. The then what's your vote, Alex? Time. No, I want to go last. Oh. oh, I mean, I could I can go first. No, let him go last. Give him what he wants. Matthew, what are you voting for? You vote, Jake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> why did we do all this? What is this shit? What the fuck? God, <laughs> got this fucking. We need, Fine, I'll vote. No, no, I'll no, vote, we I'll need vote, bylaws. I'll no, J- Jake, I'll vote, I'll vote, I'll vote. Okay. I'm voting for Killer Clowns from Outer Space. <laughs> <laughs> I nice. can't really give a reason. <laughs> I just, there's something in my gut that's telling me I would have been more scared of Killer Clowns from Outer Space if I'd watched it as a child than I would have been with Zombie Island. You know, because, like, Zombie Island scared me when I watched it when I was, like, three or four years old, right? Sure. If I had watched it when I was, like, seven, I probably would not have been nearly as scared of it. Um, I think Killer Clowns from Outer Space would have scared me as a seven-year-old. It did for Mm -hmm. for Jakers, little wee little Jakers. Uh, And that's That's why, yeah, I mean, this this movie literally gave me nightmares, and I also think it's just so special the way it's evolved. Uh, So I'm voting for Killer Clowns here. I want uh, Bo Neville Neville to cradle me in his big old brawny arms (laughs) (laughs) and teach me his ways to uh, achieve that size. Oh, and uh, I'm going to vote for uh, Killer Clowns. He actually got lost. He got lost in the the I got lost in that uh, dreamy 36 by 36 pixel image on the Scooby-Doo wiki. That's a good joke, man. That's a good joke. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I love Zombie Island. Love it. Probably it the better movie. Personally, I, I feel like, you know, we had to talk about it. We didn't talk about it during the Scooby-Doo bracket. It had to come up eventually. I feel like this was the time to bring it in, you know? we it did. A, I feel like did maybe a little bit of a disservice to it. There's a lot more we could have spoke about with it. Um, so, so I'm yeah. sure next time we talk Scooby-Doo, it'll come up. It'll come up. Is like, in my opinion, probably a functionally a better film, but just didn't didn't have the the scares for me either um, as, a, as a kid where, you know, Killer Clowns, in spite of being a horror comedy, I still think has enough horror Dude, to, to yeah. kind of take that mark. With that, I love your little whiff episodes. We've got a spectacular semifinal coming at you. On one side of the bracket, uh, we have Pan's Labyrinth versus Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Oh, wow. And then 
on the other, we've got <laughs> forgot Harry Coraline versus Killer Clowns from Outer Space. <gasps> Another god. Uh, it's it's a pretty Those stacked uh, stacked matchups. I'd say so, well, that's that's going to be a good one. I like that. Yeah, guys, so, I'm on Google right now, and I have the I, I googled Killer Clowns from Outer Space because I wanted to re- remember the characters' names. Did you know? <laughs> that the lead characters' names are Mike Tobacco and Debbie Stone. Yeah, they did not give a shit about what the script what? was. What ludicrous they names! <laughs> they were throwing shit at a wall. I, I yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> wow, it's all actually a ad for Big Tobacco. Um, yeah, unlike this podcast, which is sponsored by the five dollar check that you mailed to <laughs> PO Box number. <laughs> well, with that. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow us on social media at Tough Cup Pod. Um, make sure to rate and review the show on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Um, I'm building a massive spreadsheet of all of your feedback. Mm-hmm. So it's looking pretty he's good. He's sending it. He's sending it directly to Jake. So Jake will hear all of your feedback, yeah. folks. I'll hear yeah. it because I'm a busy person. I need someone to look at the things before I look at the things, you know? Yeah. Ever since we, you know, we fired him. That guy. Yeah, that one, that fucking schmo. Intern, writer, legal aid. Yeah. Um, I thought you meant fired Jake and replaced him with robot Jake. No. Um, thought- it's called Metal Jake, actually. Yeah, really take after the Sonic universe. You're right, you're right. Really metal, metal Jake. Um, beyond that, uh, if they enjoyed today's show, Powered who should the they share this world. episode with? What? What? What the f- <laughs> We're if giggly. Share it with the uh, trick or treaters. If you're, yeah, uh, yeah, exact. Actually, everyone who comes to your house asking for yeah, candy, don't give, don't give out candy. <laughs> give out, give out this a episode of the cut. <laughs> give slips of paper that look like fortune cookie papers, <laughs> and it just says, "Listen to this." And it's a link to this episode of the podcast. We'll, we'll actually also tweet out an image of a QR code for this episode. Right. Oh, you can just, genius! You, you can have genius. the the people. All the kids, they have iPhones nowadays. Just have them scan it, um, and it'll take them right to it. And tell them it's like a prize drawing. Scanning the QR code enters them into a prize drawing. <laughs> yeah, be as deceptive as possible to those children. We don't Host-selling laws don't apply to us, so we can do whatever we want for advertising to kids. Lie to children. Lie to children.